This is Valley Watch, your first choice for public safety news and information. With Phoenix Fire Department Deputy Communication Director, Ali Party, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. Good morning and welcome to Valley Watch. Yep, that's me, again, bright and early on your Sunday morning. It's Allie Party on behalf of the Phoenix Fire Department's Public Affairs Section. This show is brought to you by our good friends here at Bonneville Broadcasting. And it's just always a joy to be joined by my good friend, Captain PJ Dean. Good morning. Good morning, Allie. Thank you so much for having me. And not only are you Captain PJ Dean of the Phoenix Fire Department, but you also wear a very important hat with our friends over at the Local 493. And what What is that? I am currently the Secretary and Communications Director uh, for the United Phoenix Firefighters Association. And for all of those loyal Valley Watch listeners, what that means for me is PJ and I get to work together all the time because we talk about it, the just the cohesive nature of labor and management and how Phoenix Fire has this rich tradition of working together. You and I, we get to, you know, work together on media inquiries or planning events, things of that nature. And so, um, but also little fun fact, PJ and I got to know each other when I worked at KTAR and I got to interview him all the time. And when I would put myself in precarious situations as a field reporter, (laughs) it was very often PJ would come in and save the day. So thank you for that. (laughs) My pleasure. It was always exciting. (laughs) It always, never a dull moment. So um, just for, you know, just to kind of get us started, tell us about yourselves. You have been with the department for quite a few years now. What's your role? All that kind of stuff. So uh, I'm actually a, a born and raised Phoenician, which uh, obviously there aren't many of us around. Uh, I grew up in downtown Phoenix. Uh, right about the time I was in high school, I decided I wanted to be a firefighter. I was actually in a journalism family, uh, and both my father and my mother uh, locally. And uh, surprisingly, I not surprisingly, I mm-hmm. went into that field as well. I was going to be a photographer. Uh, and my mom needed a photographer for one of her stories about the centennial of the Phoenix Fire Department. She couldn't get one, so she took me to take her pictures. Oh, that's cool. And that was my first trip to a fire station. And I will never forget the feeling the minute I walked in, met a couple of the guys, and just kind of saw in a very limited scope what the job was about, I was immediately hooked and decided that's for the rest of my life, that's what I was going to pursue. So I uh, went to college and thankfully got hired right out of college uh, in 1995. So I have about uh, almost 29 years on the department now, and it, it literally feels like two or three. Um, currently serving as a captain uh, in the Homeland Defense Bureau. Uh, I've worn a lot of hats throughout my career. I've been a public information officer. I've been a special operations advisor, uh, firefighter, acting engineer, paramedic, et cetera. So uh, it's just such a great job that gives you so much opportunity to do things that are, you know, provide meaningful impact, at least mm-hmm. in my opinion. Uh, very rewarding career, uh, tremendous people that you work with, outstanding organizations that support you. It really is. It is a dream job, to be honest. And if my body and mind could <laughs> hold up forever, I would try and do the job forever. But uh, uh, sadly, we're at, the, we're at the mercy of ourselves. So yeah. at some point, I'm going to have to leave the party while I'm having the best time. Well, I think that you are a perfect example of the different, um, you know, facets that the job allows like we talk about it all the time that there are so many layers to phoenix fire and just the uh, you know special trainings and certifications that you can get that you're not just always on a fire truck working yes that is a majority of what the department does but you know having those special you know whether it's trt or arf and different things that you get to explore learn more you know advanced things like that but you really have i mean listing i didn't even know half of the 
the stuff. I didn't know you were a PIO. <laughs> I was. I, I was I, for, I, for a hot second. <laughs> I can imagine you got yourself in trouble or something. I, I'm just was, kidding. Yeah, no, that's probably true. <laughs> I'm, it was, I'm, I'm definitely a better uh, labor PIO than I am a fire department PIO. Yes. And so um, getting into the concept of what your work is with the local 493, you know, walk us through. I, I know I see it behind the scenes, what you do on a day-to-day basis and even a night-to-night basis. Like we said, it, it is all around the clock, all the time. It's incredible. You know, I can I can appreciate it because I know I do a lot of that on the city side, but you're working hand-in-hand with the members every day and that communication and, um, you know, just, just paint that picture. What does that look like? Well, first of all, you, you hit it really the, the nail on the head when you talked about the cooperation between the fire department and the union. I mean, traditionally, union and management relationships are a little bit tenuous and, mm. you know, not all, and a lot of times adversarial. Mm. Uh, we're quite the contrary to that. Uh, we are very facilitative towards cooperative work. Uh, we have our differences, but we work them out in productive mm. ways uh, that really kind of benefits the greater good of what we do. Because yeah. obviously when the members or the firefighters are taken care of and have great working conditions and are empowered to do good work, everyone benefits, including the community we serve. Mm-hmm. So uh, having an opportunity to work with Local 493 as the Firefighters Union, uh, as one of their executive board members, it just gives you a phenomenal opportunity to really impact the organization in a greater level than just working within it mm-hmm. and, uh, to, you know, really carrying the torch on that's been handed to us over the years and perpetuating it because uh, there is so many layers to the fire department, like you say. I mean, this is a really uh, dynamic community mm-hmm. that we serve. It grows at a high rate. We have a lot of big city problems, but we're still kind of a small town. So yeah. that requires an equally um, comprehensive uh, fire department to serve it. And yeah. there's a lot of layers to that, a lot more than just going on fires and medical calls. I mm-hmm. mean, like you said, it's technical rescue, it's hazardous materials. You think of all the different things that we have in the city these days. We really have to be very broad spectrum on how we approach our work. So uh, having a dynamic department that supports that and having a labor organization that supports its members, but at the same time creates that cooperative environment is really the secret to our success. And when we look at just the local 493 and its nature, yes, you guys are supporting the members and, you know, the working conditions and everything that goes along with it. But you're also very tied into the community and you work very hard on giving back, having these, you know, toy drives, et cetera. There's so many different things. But, um, you know, the reason I wanted you to join the show today was you guys just held a really cool event that kind of, you know, was it's evolved over time. It used to be a firefighter prom, correct? It's been a couple different things. <laughs> yes, yeah. and so um, this this year, you guys held a really cool event honoring firefighters that are battling cancer. And this has been something that you and I have talked about for years. Uh, just uh, the department in its nature and just even the fire service in general, everybody's talking about it. How do we prevent this? And when we don't prevent it, how are we taking care of our members? So can you kind of talk about your guys' event? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's really a good example of how we approach everything. Mm-hmm. We work together. We hit things head on. We pour our hearts and souls into it to make things better because we deal with very tragic situations, whether it's other people's emergencies or, in this case, our own emergency. Mm-hmm. And within the past decade, um, what we call firefighter occupational cancer has really become uh, an epidemic in the fire service. And it's just ravaged us because, you know, we've always had a risky job. There's always been, you know, something around every corner you have to watch out for. Uh, but building 
buildings that are on fire, you can see them, you can manage yeah. them. You don't know cancer's coming until it taps you on the shoulder and mm -hmm. says, surprise, you have terminal cancer. Yeah. So we were starting to lose uh, a ton of members to cancer and, and cancers they should have never had. And all the studies have proven that in the, when you work within the firefighting um, community, you are exposed to a variety of toxins and carcinogens outside of the average person. There's an exponentially higher mm -hmm. risk of contracting cancer to the point where it's ravaged uh, the fire service and we require additional support to try and manage that. So yeah. thankfully, uh, as you know, a couple years ago with, with a lot of fighting, we were able to get occupational cancer covered mm -hmm. under the Industrial Commission. So now the uh, you have the, the, the peace of mind in knowing that your family is supported yeah. with that. So cancer has been like this just massive journey mm -hmm. that we're finally starting to, uh, we're never going to overcome it, but we're starting to turn the tables a little bit and yeah. make some success stories out of this tragedy. Uh, and that's come in the form of some advocacy that we've received from people within the cancer community, namely uh, Dr. Versali Shukla, mm -hmm. who is of the Vincere Cancer uh, centers in Scottsdale. She has just been our angel yeah. in this in this fight because she recognized early on what mm -hmm. what the landscape was, and has offered her services to most importantly proactively develop a screening process to where we can start finding cancers at stage zero, stage one, which are treatable, mm -hmm. reversible, and get our firefighters back on the fire truck, back healthy, back with their families where they need to be, instead of just waiting for it to to develop a symptom. Correct. Which most time it's too late. So. Yeah. Uh, this has been a very passionate um, quest for us, mm -hmm. and I think anyone that's planned events uh, <laughs> for a living or d had to deal with them can appreciate that ever since COVID, putting together an event is is kind of become a daunting task, and you've had to reinvent yourself several times. Yeah. So we wanted to do something really meaningful, and we wanted to put a purpose towards it, a mm -hmm. cause, kind of channel emotions, and put it towards a productive uh, outlet, which mm -hmm. was the genesis for what we call the Firefighters United Against Cancer, or FU Cancer. <laughs> also <laughs> a catchy name. Tongue yes. in cheek, yeah, yeah a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, so we, we came up with this as, as our event. Mm -hmm. And um, we, we want it just to be a gathering of people that, that share the cause, that share the passion, that can appreciate it. And that mm -hmm. was really a variety of, walk of walks of life. I yeah. mean, it was firefighters. It was people that worked for the fire department. It was people that have always supported the union, city had good leadership. relationships, yeah. city leadership, our mayor, mm -hmm. city council members, legislators, uh, a real broad base of support. And, and I guess you don't realize the magnitude of that support until you put it all in all one in room of 400 yeah. people and you see this event. Mm -hmm. And the event was fantastic. Um, we raised over two. $209,000 for our cancer fund that directly uh, supports uh, our members who are s suffering cancer. Uh, and thankfully, the members that are successfully beating it now. Yeah. Um, so there's always a, a mechanism in place to to help them, but that obviously takes money and resources. Mm -hmm. So uh, I had about 400 people in attendance. It was a huge success, raised a lot of money for a great cause. And the centerpiece of the event was a video that we created um, that we wanted to, to kind of just paint the picture as to mm -hmm. why we were there. And I think from direct experience, uh, one of the things that gets overlooked a lot in the cancer battle is is the human factor, yeah. like the actual individual mm -hmm. people that are that are associated with it, the mm -hmm. families, the individual members themselves. Yeah. Um, we gave them an opportunity to tell their story. And, and thankfully, they had they had the, the courage to do that because mm -hmm. it's not easy. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of people broke down in the middle of it. But we had a very talented filmmaker, uh, Patrick Graham of uh, Red Volcanic Film Company, who did a phenomenal job in interviewing our members and really painting the picture yeah. uh, and, and explaining to people why this is so important uh, to, to take head on. 
So, and with that, like, I mean, congratulations and kudos to you because I know event planning is not easy. <laughs> and I'm sure you're very happy to have it in the rear view mirror. But again, it'll come next October. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm very excited to go. If it wasn't this year, my birthday, I would have we, gone. We'll try I'm not sorry. to have it on your I'm birthday sorry. next I'm year. sorry. I have to make it about myself. I know that's like myself. a national holiday. I know. Seriously. It's a whole, like, month. <laughs> Don't worry. Um, but no, seriously, it was very well done. Seeing the pictures, seeing it kind of come to fruition. But um, you teased that video. Is that video on your guys' website for the community to watch? Correct. Yes. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna embed it on our website, but it's on our social media for United okay. Phoenix Firefighters Association, Local 493, Facebook, Instagram. It's on both of those. Uh, if people want to watch it, they can even reach out to our office at 602-277-1500, and we're happy to send a link. But yeah, it's that 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 movie that video is gonna live mm-hmm. on for many years past this event uh, yeah. because it. it it just fills such an important void of, of telling those stories. Yeah, no, it really it really does. And I know the power of telling stories, it's important mm-hmm. and it should be told. And though the people that took the time to relive those tragedies, like kudos to them, because mm-hmm. without them sharing, those people wouldn't have been able to raise that money to support future families that are impacted by these tragedies. So as always, we say this time goes very, very quick. And we're not joking when we say that. But PJ, thank you for joining me this morning. It's always a pleasure. It's my pleasure to be here. And I, we can say we almost got away without any F words on the show, but you almost made an acronym. 20 seconds left. I was going to say, but (laughs) for all of you listening, thank you so much. As always, when you see lights and sirens, please pull to the right and have a great and happy Sunday.